I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Today, we've got the finale and full season discussion of our newest Disney Plus series, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. We just finished it. We're putting this out real quick for y'all. Yeah, we got to squeeze it in before Doctor Strange comes out tomorrow. For all those Moon Nighters out there. Moonlighters, Moon Knighten, Moonlighten. I don't know where I'm going with that. All right. But um, yeah, so this was La-la-la-land. another, another, uh, just come, kidding. Come, come again? Wasn't that the moon, moon night? Moonlight. Moonlight. <laughs> This is a really good bit. Okay. <laughs> Scratch that last bit. So this was, uh, of course, another six-episode series coming in at probably around five hours of stuff. You know, I've noticed that all the shows since WandaVision have been shorter in number of episodes. Those are really short episodes, though. But once again, uh, this was a great series, but I, I come off being like, please, just give me like another two episodes, guys. Like, I just want more of this goodness because I don't know when we're going to see him again. I actually think it wrapped up really well. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I would always take more episodes of any of these shows. Like, but I think you I know only, they're expensive. I think you can only go so far with the gods plot like this because they kept it pretty small, which was good. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, you run into like an Eternals problem where it's like this is too big and we can't handle how big this concept is. Totally. You got to keep the scope small. And I mean, frankly, I was I know nothing about Moon Knight as a character. I've said that so many times on this podcast. I swear to God, I have read like a comic in my life. But what I do know is that, you know, every time I've seen Moon Knight like referenced in like whether it's just like a meme or a picture of like one of the comics that he's in he's like a street level guy he like runs with daredevil i've seen him like in stuff with the punisher so the fact that this uh take on him was so much focused on the egyptian gods and globe trotting and all that stuff like i don't know how it compares to uh the life of moon knight in the comics and the source material i don't know if he's what kind of powers he does have or the nature of his uh, contract with Kanshu. But this is uh, like, this puts him on a level with some uh, pretty major player superheroes. Yeah. Like, I mean the, in terms of like, how did you put it? Like the street, here? street level, street level. He's most comparable to like Luke Cage, who's bulletproof, I guess. Yeah. Um, because he's not, like he's like basically immortal, right. which is not that's some next level, level shit. Yeah, it really makes me wonder. Like, I, I kind of want to go back and read some Moon Knight runs to see how he fits in with those groups because I don't know if that's always the case or not. In this power level, though, he would fit in with the Avengers just fine. He's more powerful than some of the Avengers just with the immortality alone. Oh, definitely. So, and like, he can fly. Yeah, like I don't know if he could do that in the comics either. So, oh, but, I think so because oh, like that like look has to be right yeah, from the comics. I always thought of it as a Batman thing, um, like not like literally being able to fly, but like some gliding action. But I cannot say 
you know, I'm talking out of my ass once again about these characters. I don't know. I haven't like read them. That would be a bold liberty for the show to take to be like, oh yeah. Also, we gave him the power of flight. Like I think something like that. It feels like it was picked up right from the comic. I agree. Well, as far as the flying and everything else, uh, it kind of seems like the usage of a god giving him his power lets the, any writer that's doing his character be a little flexible. So this person was like, yeah, they kind of just make up stuff as they go along, which I feel like happens with every superhero, but it's definitely, they can bend the rules for him however they want. And he said he's been both street and cosmic level before. So that makes a lot more sense to me, just depending on how they want to write him that day. Yeah. Maybe Kanshu is having a bad day, so he doesn't get to fly. He just is strong. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think they... I liked how they did it for this, and I could see now that he's, like, somewhat escaped from Kanshu in the future that he, they could downgrade him somewhat, where it's just, like, Mark and Steve, like, doing their thing with the experience that they have. Yeah, that that's true. I could definitely see them doing that. And then, of course, you have Layla, who they introduce at the very end as also an avatar. I mean, we get the character early on, but of Tawarit, um, temporarily, really cool. allegedly. Yeah, but, but you know, maybe she doesn't want it to be temporary. Tawarit seems cool. Yeah, I was gonna say she seems like a much better god to be an avatar for. Indeed, she's so nice. Yeah, like that's just like a good friend. Who she's, wouldn't want to be your avatar? She's helping people get to the afterlife. I mean, what a joy! Totally. I mean, I guess she'll. She's, like, going to be multitasking, driving the ship through the desert and also having an avatar. Is that how it works? I don't know. I don't know, but I I don't think she has a lot of work to do, like, on that plane, which makes her being a part-time avatar a good deal. Agreed. Yeah, it seemed pretty slow out there. I want her and uh, Falcon to have a scene together. I know. Those wings are pretty... And I was also getting some uh, Wonder Woman vibes. Yeah. The gold wings. I think she had those in 1984. Well, we didn't really take notes um, as we've watched this over the past. I guess it's been on for six weeks because I don't think they put the two episodes, the first two episodes out together. But um, so this is going to be mostly our thoughts on the whole series. And I've already said it once in this episode, I think, but we just need to talk about how fucking good Oscar Isaac was in this. Incredible. I mean, my God. The he was obviously the standout as the protagonist, but like I mean to to bring it there were lots of standouts though. Like Ethan Hawke brought Ethan Hawke energy. The actress that played Layla, who hasn't really been in that much. Yeah. I mean, yes, he was doing like the most work. He's playing two and a half characters. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, we're we're talking we're, we're talking Tatiana Maslany territory here. Maybe that's too much. I don't know. I mean, but, she played a lot of and those And those characters were extremely different. Not to say that Mark and Steven aren't. They are. But I mean, you know, in episode five, especially uh, when they were talking to each other after like they've been kind of separated in their different bodies. Um, I was like totally buying it. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. He was just talking to himself. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like, how they did it. Like, you know, if they just had someone there. Like, yeah, they have a stand-in. Like, like, I know they have a stand-in, but, like, damn, like, it was so convincing. I was very impressed. Like, I just forgot. I was like, oh, yeah, that's Mark and that's Steven. Like, I mean, not- I'm sure whoever's standing in, I hope, is, like, doing the work. Like, giving the emotional response. I would think so. 
But Part of me hopes it was just Ethan Hawke. Like, I'll do the scenes with you. <laughs> that would be very funny. And now that's because my they're kind of buddies or that they brought um, Pedro Pascal just to do the lines with Please. him because they are buddies yeah. in real life and they kind of look alike. I can see it. Best buds. I mean, maybe that's the next step to getting Pedro Pascal into the MCU. He's pretty close. Yeah. Mandalorian one, one step. I am. I have a feeling he, he will eventually. Because I don't even think he has to do that much work for the Mandalorian. Um, but I mean, yeah, super impressive. But like you said, the rest of the cast was also super strong. Um, pretty impressed with, you know, how everything came together. And I don't know much about the director of this series beyond the fact that he is Egyptian. So this was an opportunity for him to... The director? Up some, yeah, it was the same guy that directed all of the episodes. He was the showrunner and director. Mohammed Diab. I, yeah, I don't know any of the director's previous work. I mean, it's it's stuff that he did when he was in Egypt. So good get. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you anything about his previous stuff, but um, they've been making some interesting calls for directors. And this is no different. I mean, I, it's really nice to see Disney and Marvel setting like this precedent of having directors that fit the thing that they're making which has been like a long time coming so i hope that this does set some sort of precedent for other shows and movies the only bummer of this is and i'm sure the the director must be pissed uh egypt banned the release of dr strange in the multiverse of madness because there's a lesbian character in it so um kind of unfortunate that but they didn't ban this did they no i don't think so but like he was probably super excited to be like repping egypt and all of this like they had that girl in the last episode be like are you an egyptian superhero so i know that like that's gotta suck for him like obviously fuck him for doing that but like no he would just like feel bad because i feel like he's like this is egyptian representation and then egypt is in the headlines the next day for i guess i feel like he can still be very proud of this Oh, I think so. I think he should be like, but yeah, no, I just, it's unfortunate timing, I guess that they uh, decided to do that, but that, yeah, you're right. It doesn't really connect at all. I was like, I was like, did he have anything to do with Dr. Strange? No, no, it's just, yeah, they, they just had this lean so far into Egyptian iconography and stuff, but still really cool. Well, and and this is nice because it is definitely a standalone. Like we always talk to people like, oh yeah, you should probably see this or this before you watch, you know, like WandaVision or something. But like this was definitely a show that you wouldn't have had to see anything. Yeah. We have some friends uh, that are now watching through the MCU for the first time. And the only one that they have seen is WandaVision. And they're like, we got a little confused at the end. And we're uh, They've seen a couple of things, but not enough. That just, it wouldn't be my first recommendation to people. I mean, it was the first show. Yeah, but like still, like the the further you get into it, you need some background. I mean, none of the shows have been great if you haven't seen it. No, they're definitely not intended for that. Like Loki? Oh, no. Like, (laughs) God help you. But you're right. Like, this is a different story. This is almost completely isolated. There's only a handful of references and they're all either background stuff or just like a verbal one off about uh, a place or a person. Like they talked about the ancestral plane from Black Panther and Madripoor didn't from Falcon pick, and the Winter Soldier. Didn't even pick up the ancestral plane. Yeah, thing. I didn't actually when we watched it. It wasn't until I saw people talking about it and I was like, huh? Oh, so it doesn't even help if you have seen it. <laughs> Apparently not. Tawara talks about it when they first end up in the uh 
fake mental asylum on the boat. I don't know how else yeah. to call it. Well, but. yeah, maybe we should get into some of the pot. Yeah. The large pot points. So the beginning, so the trailer for this, we did watch because we didn't really know anything about Moon Knight. And it really just is like the first episode. The trailer is just for the first episode. And it's like, okay, this guy has sleep issues. I guess they introduce like the multiple personality thing in that. They imply it. Yeah. But they don't tell you anything. And it's I would, just it, the the trailer is just like I'm Stephen Grant and I have trouble sleeping and something's happening. Yeah, and I I think it's interesting that we enter through Stephen, which of course makes sense because he's unaware, as are yeah. we as the viewer. Um, really good call. Yeah, definitely. But like very slow start. I mean, you were saying how this like could you wanted like more, and the first episode we don't get very far in like anything no we don't um and episode two is like when he meets ethan hawk is that right i guess he meets ethan hawk at the end of episode one i think so does he go to that weird little town that's in the that's either in the first or second episode i i think it's in the second episode right i don't know okay doesn't matter really (laughs) but either way it's early show Stuff. I mean, and you're right. It's it's a lot of just Stephen being like, I don't know what's happening, and like, here's how it's affecting his life. You know, someone asked him. Someone asked a coworker out on a date, but it wasn't him. And that still is puzzling to me. Like, I don't. I think that know was Jake. Why. You think it has to be Jake? Why? Because it was. It wouldn't be Mark. Well, how do you know? We don't know. But like, Mark wouldn't ask somebody out on a date. I don't know. I'm just I'm just speculating based on like what we've seen, because um, it wouldn't it wasn't Stephen. Mark wouldn't have done it because he was not interested in doing that. I don't think that's maybe his style. he was trying to help Stephen out. Could be. It could. I mean, yeah, maybe. I'm just kind of guessing that people. I've also seen like that speculated. Like it's not like Mark seems like he was living in a storage container, kind of just like isolating himself. So I don't, and I don't think he would want to help Steven. I don't think he. Yeah, at the beginning, he doesn't like Steven. So I'm guessing, like, based on, like, the bit that we've seen of Jake, he's rich and, like, so, like, going to, like, a nice steakhouse and just, like, just being like, all right, like, let's go out, like, having, like, the nerve to do that. I mean, we got to see more of Jake, presumably in a season two, but that's my guess is for all the stuff that seems out of character for both Steven and Mark, someone else has got to be picking up the slack. Is Mark still, like, the baseline character? I think so. I think Mark Spector is always the baseline for Moon Knight, and everybody else is an offshoot of him. That's my understanding, anyway. Yeah, very interesting. So I've seen the theory that um, Jake Lockley, who now, you know, we've only seen him actually for, like, all of 30 seconds, um... I've seen it postulated that he was an offshoot of Steven because Steven was like designed to be like an escape from like the abuse that he suffered at the hands of his mom. And maybe like Steven started becoming aware of that. So he created like another personality that was just like a vent, which is why he's like so violent. Yeah. I mean, which I, I like that theory. I'm willing to buy any combination of that. Um, I mean, I was still thinking it had to do with Mark because of his, like, whole, um, 
like experience not in the military but mercenary mercenary stuff stuff, yeah um i mean i like the style that it's always a blackout when you're not aware of the other person but like as we continue with mark and steven we become more we as the viewers and them as each other become more aware of each other and so then we start to see them actually do the thing that they're doing when they're not each other and then it's still a blackout when it's jake because they're not even aware of him yet so i I think that was a really great stylistic choice i agree but i'm still mad like i get it because the reveal for the post credit scene was really good so i understand why they did it but that last scene like we didn't actually get to see them take out harrow because Jake did it. And I was like, why? This could have been a cool reveal. Like, at least, like, maybe show us, like, some flashes of what he was doing. And I'm... I'm. What do you mean? Like, shooting last, him? The, well, he, like, took out a bunch of other people, oh, too. Like, there's, like, oh, Carnage, right. which is... That's not the first time that's happened. But I was like, this is the finale of the show. And this is the, the main villain. I understand, like, totally. Like, the blackout thing has been a consistent um, theme. But I'm like, damn. Like, I just wanted to see it just once. I'm also on uh, twofold Kevin Feige before the show came out out here talking about, Oh, like we're, we're doing stuff that like we haven't done in the MCU before. And, and he's talking about like the fight scenes yeah. and he's like, Oh, like we're going to actually show this. And I was like, Oh, that's, that was such bullshit. Yeah. We see the aftermath of like a daredevil level fight. We don't actually see the fighting. I kind of like that. We don't, I, I don't need to see it. I don't like, need to see all of it. I also, think, we had a nice like fight scene. I just wanted, I was like, oh, this is finally going to be like the reveal of the third one. And then I was like, damn, I wanted to see him kick Arthur Harrow's. Is it Arthur? I think so. I wanted to see him kick Arthur Harrow's ass. <laughs> but the reveal that we got in the post credit scene was still cool. And maybe they will uh, do a little Jake Lockley recap if we get a second season of this. And that'll be how they um, bring us up to speed on his character. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I like the mystery of it, and I like being in the same position as the characters of not being aware. Yeah, like, which is why I'm only mad because I wanted to see a cool... You wanted uh, to see some harsh violence? I wanted to see some harsh violence because that's what Kevin Feige said there was going to be, and there was We got some violence. Yeah, I just... I'm annoyed that he was was, uh, really hyping it up to be, like, very dark, which it was thematically which is maybe what he meant the whole time. But um, the fights that we did get were no, you know, it was nothing beyond like what we've seen in other MCU stuff. I thought they were going to push the envelope a little bit more. They don't need to. What they did was fine. To be clear, this is just my feeling on it. I also feel like some of the Harrow stuff was pushing the envelope. Like the way that he indiscriminately is like killing people is like way darker than things we've seen before. Sure. Yeah, like no, worse I, than I, like Thanos or something like that. Like this was like so much more extreme in some ways. Yeah, I see that. But Plus he's like walking around in the glass shoes. The glass shoes was still pretty rough, but <laughs> I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Which, I mean, we get that in that very first scene of Ethan Hawke and like showing his little routine. That's how we start the show, isn't it? That's the first thing I we see in the so. entire show. Or is that the first of episode two? I'm pretty sure it's the first thing in the entire show is him putting the glass in his shoes. Sure. 
Um, and then, I don't know, we kind of move away from that, but I guess we don't need to see that. I wanted more information on Ethan Hawke's character and how, like... Kanchu left. Yeah, how he left things with Kanchu, and I wanted a flashback of him being Kanchu's um, avatar. Yeah. And I thought we were going to get that. Um, and maybe they would have done that if they had done another episode, because the post credit scene is him in his... in a presumably real asylum now. Definitely. Um, and I thought maybe we'd explore a little bit of his journey through that. Cause he, he is clearly, he so much set as says he's doing this whole Amit thing because he feels guilty for all the things he did while working as Khonshu's avatar. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been cool. I like, obviously Ethan Hawke did a very good job and Hera was pretty compelling. But um, yeah, you can never, can never uh, do bad giving a bit more context for the villain. And yeah, I mean the fact that we we see Kanshu so stubborn about how he chooses and stays with his avatar is like, what the hell happened? I don't know if they even say it or hint, they don't. Do they hint at it even? Hint at what? How like why? No. So weird. I mean, maybe they had a different kind of contract, but. Yeah, I, I think we could have uh, benefited from that. Well, yeah, I mean, Harrow strikes us as a person that is, like, seeking this thing out. Like, he's clearly seeking out Amit's thing. So he probably sought out Kanchu as well. Yeah. And was like, hey, I want to do this. I mean, I don't really... The, that's the other thing. I don't really understand what Kanchu's mission is. Like, he says... Like, his little oath is, like, protect the night. Travelers of the, the night. Travelers of the night. Who the fuck are the travelers of the night? Like, who are we protecting? And, like, what is his goal? I mean, I get that he's, like, getting revenge on people, but, like, to what end and why and who? He probably doesn't have an answer for that. I think he has, his his general plan is uh, take out the bad guys, and that is a very malleable concept. Take out the bad guys, like, in the most savage way possible. Yes, yes. So... And my headcanon, I think, for Harrow, until they explain otherwise, which they may never do, is that, like you said, because he was a seeker of the gods, maybe maybe approaching Khonshu about being an avatar has different, um, you know, there's different fine print in the contract (laughs) versus Khonshu bringing you back from the brink of death. Yeah. if If you walk up to him and you're like, hey, I'll be your avatar for a bit, and he might be like, okay. Like, sure, <laughs> you're offering that to me. Like, I don't know why, but okay, we'll do that for a couple of years and then you can leave. Who can say? What other plot things should we hit on? Well, so as we move away, like through the season, um, we, we move through this mystery of Stephen finding out about Mark and about Layla and about this alternate life uh, that he is leading when he is asleep or blacked out. Um we really start to get into the nitty gritty of like what happened to Mark um, before any of the Kanshu business and what the nature of his psyche was before any of the Kanshu business. And that all really comes to a head after he dies, <laughs> because of course that's the best time to have a enlightening experience is after getting shot. Um, and that's to me like, Mostly, like, all of episode five was, like, the strongest that this show... Was episode five the first Asylum episode? 
Yeah, all the flashbacks. And well, before that, I guess we get like the little adventuring around Cairo, going between pyramids, getting like clues. That part was a little lackluster for me. Yeah, it seemed I like they were kind of killing time. I agree, which is funny because, yeah, I was saying more episodes, but like that. Yeah, the third and fourth episodes, I think, were the weakest because we get so sidetracked from the most compelling thing about the show, in my opinion, which being like. Mark Spector's mind um, and like the globe starting stuff was fun, but that's not really what the hook of the show was. I mean, I liked getting the Layla stuff and I liked her developing her own relationship with Steven. Yes, that was really good. Um, but I was getting a little tired of the, let me be in charge. No, I'm going to be in charge. Like that was starting to weigh, weigh like scales on, um, <laughs> on me a little bit, but it was obviously important because like it was all building up to this like, um, episode five and like literally needing to balance the scales. Right. Yeah, I think they could have executed those episodes a bit better, but it was still cool. I mean, I I had a note to myself that this was like a pretty geographically unique show for the MCU. You know, it doesn't we've never really had the problem of everything taking place in New York City like it sometimes feels like in the comics, uh, despite, you know, there were a good handful that were, but we've bounced around a lot. But spending so much of the time in Egypt and even London before that, I just liked that. I was it was like, refreshing. Feels, yeah, it feels yeah. fresh. Right. Like we don't need to be in the U.S. for everything. Although I was surprised because I was like, I thought Mark Spector like, lived in New York. <laughs> I was like, we don't need to do this again. And I don't know where the hell we were at the in the post credit scene, um, wherever Hera was, because that like, I don't think the name was. I think that was back the, in America. Yeah. So presumably we'll get more of that as the series continues. I do think I saw that they changed like the title or presentation of this from series finale to season finale. So, I mean, not that they were ever going to let that go without you know, revisiting Oscar Isaac, but I guess whether it would have been a a show or a movie, that question has most likely been answered. One thought that I was having when we were like getting these glimpses of a third person and I had seen like a little thing come across my social media about like, sometimes there's a character that involves Randall, the brother um, Roro, as he called him. Um, and so I wasn't sure if like that third person was going to have that be like, was going to tie that in just yeah. cause I saw that thing online, not anything I knew about, but that would have been interesting. And I think there's still room for them to do that because obviously his trauma, uh, you know, has its ways of fucking with his head. So I wouldn't be surprised if in a way Jake is like a direct result of, like what I was saying, the theory about it being like the abuse that he got from his mom, but also that residual trauma that Mark has obviously been locking away. Right. Um, I mean, it's like ultimately a story about literally healing your inner child. Yeah. Like, seriously. <laughs> like uh, that's that's the journey that he's on for sure. I mean, I was like so confused though when we were in the asylum and I was like, what has been real this whole time? Again, living as the character, I think that this 
TV show did it really well because at one point I was like trying to figure out what was going on. And I was like, is there a mystery at play? And it really wasn't that there was a mystery. It was more like unraveling this knot inside of his head. And like that was cool to just experience it rather than trying to like figure it out, which is what I'm normally doing during any kind of like mystery type of show or movie. Yeah, it doesn't really give you an opportunity to do that. Because the, the narrators are unreliable because they Very, don't know what's happening, yeah. which is really cool. And they handled that pretty well. They weren't like super overt trying to drop any hints about what was going on or even like the stuff like, yeah, like you said, in the asylum was really cool. Just dropping like all the Egyptian artifacts in and whatnot. And you're still left like, well, this is probably like in someone's head. But like, why? Who? Like, is Harrow actually who he says he is? Or like, was Harrow like... Yeah, I, it, it tells you nothing. I was also like shocked that they did bring it back to his childhood and the way that they were able to do that in so few scenes mm-hmm. and like totally bought in immediately. Like I just assumed that Stephen was more of a result of his trauma with Kanshu and like what he went through as a mercenary and was like a new thing, which I think in some ways like the Stephen we know is new. Like he had been dormant for a while but then his mom's death like brought him back. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's just very interesting. Super interesting and super sad. Oh I my mean, God. Devastating. I mean, Mark's mom, uh, candidate for worst mom of all time award. I mean, like obviously everyone was dealing with some shit, but like those scenes were like some of the saddest ones in the MCU for sure. Like, I don't ever want to see Mark Spector celebrating his birthday by himself with his dad again. That shit was sad as fuck. Imagine watching Oscar Isaac do it. (laughs) Oh, God. Just, it was rough. But, I mean, that's why I think that episode was the best one. It was just, they were so willing to, like, dive into what makes him tick and, like, didn't really shy away from it, except when Mark was trying to shield Steven from it because he was like, you're not... I didn't build you to see this, which is like crazy to hear and crazy for like Steven to like be comprehending that in the moment. And like, at first I was like, why is his like alternate personality um, British or whatever? But they like linked that too. It was like a TV or a movie he used to watch. When they first show that movie, which I think is like right after he gets shot originally um, by Harrow in the pyramid at the end of the fourth episode, uh, yeah, that was, I was like, what the fuck is going on? It changed the aspect ratio and everything. And I was like, is this just like, uh, I thought it was going to be kind of like the asylum itself, like a, a jumble of things that he made up. And like Stephen Grant in the movie was based on Stephen Grant, the personality, but the way that they did it was really cool. And having Stephen like be the one to like see the poster for the movie and like make that realization himself was also like a well-earned moment. And then we get like all of the afterlife stuff with the boat, which is, I know part of the asylum and then them having to work together as a team and then coming back at the end for the final episode and getting Khonshu and Amit fighting. And yeah, they're very lucky that like to where it says, uh, Osiris is an old softy. Because uh, he didn't have to open that door back up. So lucky for them. You also kind of got to wonder what would happen if... um, Obviously, we see 
a third coffin in the asylum that's like shaking or a sarcophagus. And now we know that that was Jake. So if Stephen had like doubled back and been like, hey, Mark, maybe we should open this other sarcophagus because we both just climbed out of sarcophagi. I don't know if that's the word. That would have uh, fucked up Conchie's whole plan. Also, and the scales. Like, they don't have a three-way scale. Yeah, I still don't really know how the scales were balanced. Like, someone still had Jake rattling around in them, so either Steven or Mark, like, I don't know which one. Well, because I think it was more about them balancing each other and not their... I mean, it was, like, inner self, but, like, I think, again, because they weren't aware of him, that, like... To them, they are balanced. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess. That makes sense. And because they were in, like, their own form at that point, like, the two of them needed to balance to become one person right. again. I mean, I think that's a cop-out, but, like, <laughs> I think I can explain it away enough. Sure, I think that's probably what they were going for. That's that's the reasonable explanation. So I don't know if they'll ever be able to really balance it out with Jake. He seems to be operating on a different level than the other two. Also, he's perfectly fine following Kanchu's orders. Oh, yeah. He's happy to. Um, I know that uh, someone, some variation of, of Mark in the comics, if not Mark himself, is, like, loaded. Um, I guess, I think it always has been Mark historically, but now I'm wondering if it's Jake. Although, because we see him driving this limo. The license said Spectre. Yeah, see, I, I don't know. I have a lot of questions about that. I'm very excited to see where they go with it. Hopefully this will get a... Season two sooner than later. I think it'll be a while. I know it will. Because there's no urgency for it. Yeah. They don't need this. I want more. For plot points. But you're totally right. They have other shit to take care of first. But I could definitely see them maybe like linking this with like Echo or, you know, that that kind of path. Some people thought that they were going to. And I think this is always a long shot because they wouldn't do it. But uh, link this with the new Thor movie. Because the villain in the new Thor movie is a character called the God Butcher. <laughs> and a lot of gods. A lot of yeah, God action like, here. Thor is his own god. We don't... Right. Also, it would have been, like, totally out of left field. Um, same, like, with people that wanted Spider-Man to, like, swing by in the Hawkeye finale. It's one of those things where it's like, yes, but also no. Like, <laughs> this is a, a self-contained story. And, like, I sound like a hypocrite because I wanted Doctor Strange to show up at the end of WandaVision. But, you know, they stated their reasons for why they didn't do that, and I think it was perfectly fine. So, Also, I wanted to issue a correction about what I said about the director earlier. Um, Mohamed Diab directed four of the episodes. He did not direct all of them. The other two were directed by the directing duo Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. I don't know which one's they directed but uh summon the suit and the tomb i'm not sure which ones those are but um summon the suit is like the first time that steven figures out how to do it right second episode maybe third i think okay well so they they came off the twilight zone reboot and a netflix horror series called archive 81 and they are going to replace the uh previous director I forget who did it, uh, Michael Waldron, maybe, or who's the writer. Either way, they are handling season two of Loki. So, oh, that'll be good yeah. if they're kind of like spooky. Yeah, because I think that that episode that actually had like the jump scare ish thing of Layla getting pulled through the wall by a 
what that whatever spirit or whatever was defending. Oh yeah, that was the, weird. I didn't understand the, that. The creature thing was weird, but it was a good jump scare. And that yeah. was that was one of their episodes, I think. Summon the suit was episode two. And then yeah. episode four was the tune. I think that's the one. So that should be cool. I'm still bummed that the people behind Loki season one left, but that's a different, that's a discussion for a different pod. Um, I want to, I do want to address like one of the things that I've always been seeing over the last couple of weeks has been people complaining about the amount of usage of the Moon Knight suit. Uh, like not have, using it enough. Got a lot of people being like they're not using it enough, and then there's also like a healthy number of people being like it's been fine. Like that's he doesn't need to be suited up all the time. And quite frankly, I don't know where I land on it. There's a pretty good amount of it in this last episode, but I also think it, it's fair to say that there hasn't been that much like Moon Knight action. Right, because it wasn't really about Moon Knight. It was about them right. resolving their relationship totally <laughs> with so, each other. So now I'm wondering like when we get a continuance of this, like are they going to do more of that because we have like the Stephen Mark cooperation taken care of? Like and what will be the nature of that? Like do they still have Conchu's powers latently and just don't know? Or like can they still summon the suit? I don't think they would want to, but like if Jake can still do it, they're still in the same body. We didn't actually see Jake in it. That's true, but I'm ass- like in this last scene. We didn't, but I'm assuming he can, uh, just because like why wouldn't he be able to? So I guess maybe that's that could be the hook. We also for don't a know what season. his suit looks like. Right, could be black. He was Ooh. wearing all black in that last scene. So, um, yeah, I mean, I personally was like fine with the amount we got also because like <laughs> they're paying for Oscar Isaac's face and they want Oscar Isaac. <laughs> they even had him take his mask off a bunch when he was wearing the suit, right, which is a exactly. classic move. Which I'm glad because then it's just like more um, practical, more realistic, which I think Marvel should be trying to do more of that I, and not relying I so much on CGI. I gotta say that, like guys, if you bring this back, especially if you put Moon Knight in a movie, you gotta make the suit practical. You gotta do it. I know they won't listen. Well, one, they're not gonna listen to me. Two, they uh, they have a problem of they they CGI paint all of their suits for some reason. A, a practical Moon Knight suit would look so good with like the bandages. Yeah, it's like yeah. meant for it. But I just I understand like I mean it's a pretty bulky suit anyway. Like even in this like. Um Mark's version is really bulky. I mean, yeah. I think um, Stephen was wearing a suit. Yes, Stephen's for sure. But I think um, I'm assuming Mark's is entirely CGI, maybe like a bit of a shell. But it wasn't really bad. Like I could have I have a bone to pick with some of the CGI in the earlier episodes of the show. I think it looked rough, but it didn't take me out of it. And I think part of it was because they wanted to do like the cool like suiting up effect, which is fine. I think that did look cool. And they had to because they're switching it so much. But I also think like when I look at some of like the live action, like Batman suits, like you could they could make this work um, practically. And I I hope they try. I did think the one part of the CGI that I thought really worked and like a good time to use it was the Khonshu and uh, and what is it? Emmett. Emmett fight. Like when they're both like huge 
Um, I thought that looked really good. I think Kanchu especially looked really Kanchu, good. Kanchu, I think, throughout the whole show looked great. But I thought, like, making him really big like that, I was like, oh, this is going to be, like, um, yeah, I, dinosaur in front of I, a... I groaned <laughs> at first, and I was like, oh, fuck this. Like, why are they doing this? But then they did a, a good amount of it, and you noticed, like, you were like, this is a cool shot, too. There's a shot of Harrow walking towards Mark, like, laying on the ground with Amit stabbing Kanchu. Like, just in, in the, the background. background like, they're not even zooming over That was to really it. effective. Yeah. I, I thought that was really cool. Um, and, like, that's when I feel like they should be using CGR on scenes like that and saving up their budget for that. And then... Yeah, totally agree. The things that they can do practically, they should. Yeah. Um, so my main lingering question that I don't feel resolved on is, like, what is... And this is the name of the first episode. It's, like, what's wrong with the goldfish? What happened with the goldfish? So if I can just remind everyone, in the first episode or two episodes, uh, Stephen has a goldfish that has a limp fin. Or only one fin. Yeah, he's a, he's a little Nemo uh, a fish. Nemo, yeah. And then at some point, it's a regular fish or like it's a fish with two regular fins. And he's like, something's wrong with my fish. And then... Um, and I, I don't know if, like, the fish died and then, like, uh, Mark tried to, like, replace it. But very concerning. And I thought that was weird. But then at the end, they have both fish. So this is... Okay. I hadn't really thought about it before. But this is what I think happens. Um, obviously, like, that apartment is only being used when Stephen is conscious. Like, when Mark is conscious, he's in his storage container. Well, he wakes up there. Right. Mark, but, I mean. Yeah. But I think, so he takes his leaves of absence. The fish dies because Mark is taking over the body and is not there for an extended amount of time. So the fish dies, but maybe to be nice, <laughs> he replaces the fish. Um, I don't know how or like why he would do that. But he's like, oh, shit, like the fish died and I'm here and I'm like in this guy's apartment. So maybe I should replace the fish. So he goes and buys another fish, but he does not get one with one fin. And so maybe the symbolism is when they are finally working together as a unit. Um, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe they just got another fish that only had one fin. Yeah. Um, How come Steven never wakes up in Mark's storage unit? Just... Does Mark ever go to sleep? That's a very good question. I don't know. I mean, probably not. It like, doesn't seem like he needs to sleep, although he does have a bed in there. But I guess, like, Mark knows that Steven is around at least some of the time, so he must, like, prepare for that and, like, go back to Steven's bed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess that's what he does. Like, I don't... Maybe he can, like, tell, like, when Steven, like, wants to become conscious so he, yeah he goes back and like puts everything in place or he's just like okay i i don't want to deal with conchu so yeah. i'm gonna Go let steven. steven be because it, it, it that makes sense i guess because it plays into like the whole like steven is the innocent one right so like and he wants to protect that innocence for his own sake right so he wouldn't do anything that would mess with it um great so what do you think i mean really great Loved it. 
Love Oscar Isaac. Love Oscar Isaac. Um, I know that he himself, I think, said he was wary of returning to... Uh, I mean, he was just in Dune, but that's a bit of a different nature of a blockbuster. He was worried about returning to comic book superhero stuff um, or like just big movies in general because he did not really have good experiences on X-Men or... Uh, he, he really got shafted in Star Wars, and I think he is a little bit bitter about that. Um, so I, I think he he signed on to this with like a pretty short contract. And I think Ethan Hawke did the same thing. Uh, that's not a problem for Ethan Hawke, obviously. Um, but I am happy for Oscar Isaac because I, I you know every time I, someone brings it up, I'm like, damn, they really did do him dirty in Star Wars. They had Oscar Isaac in there, and they reduced him to nothing by episode nine. It's yeah, painful. just the last movie. I feel like, I mean, the first one and a half. Sure, but the last movie for sure. And I always forget that he's an expert. The so last I don't think one about is that. terrible. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember him in. He was Apocalypse. He was the big blue guy. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why. Weird that they cast him as that. I don't know where I would rank this in my in shows. Yeah, I, I haven't really. I would. I should probably sit down and like do a list. Um, I mean, I can tell you right now that I'd put it over, What If, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I would also probably put it over Loki, maybe. But the rest of them, I'm not sure. I really liked Hawkeye. No, Hawkeye's Hawkeye's up there for me. But I don't know if that's because it's so fresh. I don't know. No, I think Hawkeye was just really good. I think in terms of like. This was cool to like experience this. It's like probably number one, but in terms of like getting like the Marvel part out of it, not anything because it like didn't connect at all. And so for me, that's where it lacked in terms of Marvel. But as a standalone show, it's probably the best in terms of everything. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I maybe like not as funny as like Hawkeye, but still pretty funny. Yeah, it doesn't need to be. No, like, I mean, I like. Fun. Sure. Um, maybe after Miss Marvel comes out, we can do like a MCU show ranking because there's going to be a bit of a gap in shows after that, I think. What about She-Hulk? That doesn't have a date yet, uh, but Miss Marvel has a date. That's coming out next month. So Very we'll exciting. See. We're excited and to see Doctor Strange tomorrow. I know. Well, Today, and, if you're listening yeah. right now. And to wrap up, because uh, I, I was thinking about this earlier, if Moon Knight is to show up somewhere else before a second season of his show, where do you think it would be? Oh, well, I think I said I, I think the Echo or like whatever happens with that plot line. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think like of any of the other upcoming stuff, but I think you're right. That seems like a natural place for it. Unless they bring him in on like Blade. Like whatever's going on with with Blade and um, I Dane Whitman from the Eternals, like I don't know what their plan is for Blade, so hard to say anything about it. Right, I could just like see maybe it, Eternals. Like, that's some supernatural shit, and like um, Dane uh, Kit uh, Kit Harrington's character from Eternals, he's got some like possession, you know. Ancient yeah, the history Eternals shit going stuff on does feel like it could blink in. Yeah, I would be interested, but like I, I think you're probably right. We're not going to see him again for a while, but you never know. I don't know when they're going to start, uh, you know, bringing people together again. Probably not for a couple years, but 
I can hope. Okay, well, um, what was your favorite scene or episode? Well, my favorite episode was definitely episode five. Same. Um, but favorite scene? It, I don't know if I could pick one in particular. That would be a lot harder. Do you have one? I mean, it maybe it's lame, but like the last fight scene where they're taking turns is like cool. Yeah. And like Layla getting to use her stuff. Yeah, that was really like, fucking good. I didn't mention it, but there's like a, a shot where people call him Mr. Knight Stevens, alter ego, throws his baton. Should be Dr. Knight. That would be... Maybe it is Doctor. Like maybe it, maybe it is. It is Doctor Knight. He throws his baton. It bounces off a wall, and then Mark catches it, and the suit has changed off screen. And that was really fucking cool. So I will throw my shoe in on that scene too. Because <laughs> I mean, I was clamoring for a good fight scene, and that was probably the best fight scene that we got in the whole series. So I will give them that. All right, well, um, stay tuned for uh, Doctor Strange next week. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about. And then we'll be dipping back into the DC world. Yeah, lots coming up. So let us know your thoughts on Moon Knight. Uh, let us know what you want to hear from us about. And if you can, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, we, we are, are out, out of, of the, the Superverse. superverse.